Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Ranch and Mom podcast, and whether you are listening to us on your favorite podcast channel or you are watching this on our YouTube channel, welcome to the very first episode of Ranch and Mom podcast. Um, my name is LaDonna Pierce. I am from Price, Utah, which is a town of about 8,200 people in eastern Utah, and I am the owner of Outsiders Quarter Horses, and I have done that for about the last nine years. Um, and then this past year I started the Ranch and Mom community as well as the Ranch and Mom podcast. So from the bottom of my heart, I am so excited that you are here and I am so glad that you found our channel. And this first episode, I'm just going to kind of be sharing of how my past has influenced where I am presently and then, um, may even hint a little bit about what might be coming in the future. Um, so I am a single mom of a 12 year old son that I have raised, um, as a single parent for the last nine years. And then in the meantime of that, we have um, transitioned, I guess you could call it, from showing in the barrel racing, the pole bending, to we are a very big family that is really heavy into the ranch sorting um, section of the horse world right now, for lack of a better word. But um, with our household, me and my sister and my mom moved to Price when I was of about four, and my little sister was one. And we have lived here ever since. We've always been a big horse family. Um, if it wasn't barrel racing, it was riding club. If it wasn't those, it was rodeos or trail riding. Basically, if it had to do with horses, somehow, some way, we were doing something with it. Um, I grew up doing dancing and drill team. My little sister was a very big competitive um, competition cheerleader. And she also did cheerleading in high school. Um, my big goal was to be a veterinarian when I was young. Um, we ended up doing an autopsy on a young horse and I just decided at that time that a veterinarian wasn't the way I wanted to go. But I also decided that horses would always be a big influence in my life. So I moved to Texas to go to school after I graduated, tried to go to school, kind of looked at different schools and just decided that the school path wasn't for me. So I moved back home and my mom said, well, you're home, you're going to get a job. So she taught me how to um, drive a semi. So I have driven the semis, hauling coal with the two trailers. Um, I did that for about two years. And then I had a help wanted ad that changed the entire trajectory of my life. Um, so... When I found that Help Wanted ad, um, it was from Helen April Schiffner with Rising Sun Quarter Horses, which unfortunately isn't anymore, but um, they took a chance on a young girl and they made me very bigly who I am today. Um, so what they did was they were just seeing someone who could take care of the horses while they were at shows or just help with the daily care of them. And what they did is they had anything that was from halter horses to rainers to rain cow horses to barrel and pole horses to pleasure horses so they would have everything from the first class of the day to the last class of the day um and then on top of that they also had so they had the show horses they had um they also had stallions and mares so we had a breeding program as well that they taught me how to run, which with that I was taught how to breed mares, collect stallions, full out mares, um, and then train everything from baby baby to let's go to the world show and let's show them in whatever class they need to be shown. Um, 
So one thing I told Hal though was I will not ride the young horses because I'd been hurt really bad um, by a young horse and I kind of refused to ride them anymore. But um, this is where if you have people that are willing to push you, um, it might scare you to death, but just take that small chance. Um, because in fall of 2008, Hal came to me. He knew he was helping me with gilding I had that we did barrels and poles on. And he said, go get white ties, Philly. We're going to bring her up and we are going to um, start her and you're going to ride her in barrels and poles. So the big emphasis with that mare was to be a pole bending horse. I messed around with her and taught her how to run barrels. Um, but with that, this little filly, the first memory I have of her was three big burly guys trying to hold on to her to get her feet trimmed. And then she got loose, ran around the farm. We ended up getting her caught. Um, but from the beginning, once we got her pretty broke, you know, and I got started riding her, I knew she was something special. Um, and so what happened in the course of that was we took her from October of 2008 um, to June of 2009. We took her to the Pinto World Championship Show. And at that time, she had maybe two or three competitive runs on her as far as barrels and poles. Um, we sent her in there and we no timed in the barrel racing. So at the Pinto Horse World show, they had people, the judges sat behind the third barrel and they were moving and talking. So it just scared her. But we were able to go back, go back to the barn, regroup after a couple hours, come back. And we were prepared. We knew what might potentially happen at that time. She walked out of the arena that day as a reserve world champion pole bending horse as a three-year-old. Um, and then fast forward to the next year, we brought her back. Um, we went in and I ended up knocking a pole in the pole bending, but she still ended up third that year in the pole bending. And then in the barrel racing, she walked out of the arena that day as a reserve world champion barrel horse. Um, and one of my best memories from that show is actually in the pole bending run, because um, we bought the video, there was some little girl in the background that, as this mare was running as a four-year-old, said, now mom, that's what a pole horse should look like. Um, and I'll never forget that little girl's voice because she was just one that I was like, yes. And, um, so we, after that, we did not go back to any more Pinto World shows, but, um, in 2011, I ended up having my son. We still did a lot of the barrel racing, the pole bending, um, outsider or rising sun ended up kind of being no more. Um, and then, but through all of it, Hal was still kind of there in the background helping we, me with Katie and, um, we made some tweaks with saddle fit and different things. And she ended up going from a pretty consistent 2D barrel horse, um, to being a 1D barrel horse. And that kind of happened in the year 2014, 2015. Um, and with that in 2015, I ended up going through a divorce. Um, it wasn't terrible, terrible, but it wasn't the best. Um, but it also kind of was like a rebirth for me because at that time I decided this is my goal. And if I hit my goal in 2015 and 2016, I want to go do professional rodeo. So my goal was to be top 10 at every barrel race I went to, whether that was the local ones or whether that was the huge barrel races, um, all around Utah. And I ended up with the help of a lot of people that helped me tweak my saddle fit, tweak little things in between. 
um, we hit that goal. And then in 2016, I decided, okay, we're going to rodeo. Um, at that time, I was employed by an amazing um, ranch that they bred and showed race horses and barrel horses. Um, so what would happen was I'd work throughout the whole entire week, leave Friday afternoon, and go hit three rodeos for Friday night, Saturday morning, and Saturday night. Um, and that did include dragging around a little four-year-old boy <laughs> who, um, he just got to the point that he was like, okay, we're going to sleep in the trailer. Um, if you've never rodeoed, it's, you probably watched the NFR. It is not all glitz and glamour. Um, there were so many days that we would leave one rodeo to just go hit another one. And whether that drive was 20 miles down the road or it was four hours, you were on the road, you were driving, you were rodeoing. Um, I wish I would have known. Um, I ran the one year that I did the Rocky Mountain Professional Rodeo Association with one horse. Katie was my only horse that I had that year. Um, and we hit 95% of the rodeos. Um, we ended up, usually I hit, was in at least the top four at one rodeo a weekend. Sometimes I would be better. Sometimes I wouldn't. Um, but it was a whole different environment than what I was used to. At this point, Katie is a 1D barrel horse. She's a 22nd pole horse. Um, she'd won many, many, many state championships, district, region championships with the riding club. Um, any barrel race we went to, she was always 10, top 10%. Um, but in the rodeo world, it's very fierce. Um, and it just took a really big toll. We ended up having a really almost major, major fall. Luckily, she was such a cool horse. She didn't ever move. She made sure that I was always protected. Um, so she had a really bad fall, but we didn't go all the way down in, um, Duchesne. So that was luckily at the end of the season, we ended up qualifying for the finals, which you had to be in the top 10 to be able to go to that. So we ended up qualifying for the finals and then we ended up fourth one night, fifth one night, and then we were third in the average over the two nights for the rodeo. Um, but that kind of started the decline of her career because after she had that fall, um, she never 100% came back. Um, so after that, it just really, really slowed down after 2016. And I had gotten involved with um, Amway and um, kind of an Amway mentorship group, I guess you could call it. Um, so at that time, I kind of shifted my the direction of where I was going. Instead of really doing a lot of the barrel horse stuff, um, I was focusing on building this Amway business. Now, I know Amway has such a terrible name, um, but you know what? Those four years that I was involved in it, I met amazing, amazing people. Some of the people I'm still friends with um, a lot, I don't have any contact with anymore. Um, but... I focused on that and kind of went a different direction. And then there was a stallion who, interestingly enough, I ended up riding him in 2006, followed him throughout the course of his career. And in the meantime of Katie not riding, I had kind of just not wanted to really ride anything but her. So we didn't really compete a lot. Um, and in 2018, I found this stallion who in 2006, 
I had said, one day I want to have a baby out of you. And so um, when I started writing Katie in 2000, I think it was the year of 2010, I said, I want to have an Iceman baby by Katie. Um, I wanted that cross. So 2018 came around. Throughout the years, I checked on Iceman to see where he was, if he was available. So 2018 comes around. I find out he's for sale. We were at Disney World and I was like, he's for sale. I'm going to have to look into this. Um, and then my amazing father at the time helped me to purchase Iceman. Um, and he at that time was about 17. Um, but we ended up buying him, bringing him home, letting him live, live his life out. Um, and he kind of re-sparked my desire to ride horses. So I ended up showing him that whole year. Um, he was a rainer. If you've ever heard of Iceman done it, and if you haven't, just Google him. He's one of the top um, reining horses that, um, I think he's like still the number two point earning rainer in AQHA, and he was a Perlino Stallion, and he was the first Perlino Stallion to earn his superior. Um, so 2019, I ended up breeding him to Katie, and um, we got her bred, got going. Um, so we had him for a little bit over that year, and then we lost him in October of 2019. Um, and then welcome to January of 2020, which we all know what that kind of brought on. Um, but the 1st of January of 2020, um, I want to say it was actually January 3rd, we about lost my father to sepsis. And um, so he spent a week in the hospital and then we got him home and three days later we came home we I came home from work and um Katie was sick. And so we lost Iceman, about lost my dad, Katie gets sick. I take her up to my amazing veterinary friend Jace Hill, who now owns Elwood Equine. Um, and he worked on her for five days, but we still ended up losing her, interestingly enough, to sepsis. Um and that kind of triggered a large, large, large event in my life. I, after the loss of Katie, I didn't want really anything to do with horses. We had foals that were born that year by Iceman. We lost one. Our two babies got sick that year. And I was just like, I'm out. Um, I still was doing the Amway thing. And at that time, I thought it would go somewhere. It didn't. And let's be real honest and clear about that. If you join Amway and you fail, it's because you're not doing the work. I didn't do the work. Um, but at the same time, things were happening. I had dated somebody, broke up with them. Um, and in 2021, I had just decided, you know, I, I've got to start doing something. And luckily, I had a friend reach out. Um, and his name's Cash Van Tassel with the Utah Ranch Sorting Association. Um, we've rode with them for years in the riding club. If you heard the name Tassel, you know, it was going to be a great run. Um, and he reached out to me and he said, Hey, are you interested in our sorting show? Cause I think I liked the, the post that he made. And I said, yeah, but I don't have a horse. Like I don't have a horse to ride. Um, I did have a horse. I had my stallion that was Katie's half brother that we owned, um, who we'd sent off to a trainer and he'd gotten going, but amazingly the trainer, um, who is Scott Hume was honest enough with us to be like, he's never going to go to Reno. Um, so we ended up bringing him home. He got hurt and I just rode him on and off. So I said, well, I, I 
yes, I'll pull George out. And that um, started another trajectory in my life as far as where we are today. Um, but in 2021, we went to that sorting show. I pulled George out. He hadn't been rode in four years. We took him sorting and we caught the addiction of ranch sorting. Um, I told my mom, I walked out of that arena the first time we ran and I said, we're never barrel racing again. Like we're going to go do, we're going to go ranch sort. And so we spent that whole year. Um, it was funny cause George was, he was a stallion. It, he just, you know, spring happens that they, they don't think about showing sometimes. Um, but in the meantime of that, um, Cash's dad, Gordon, we were at a show in Oakley, Utah, and he was like, hey, go get on that gelding in the back. So I went and I got on a little gelding named Thurman, and we ended up buying Thurman, um, and he became the coolest horse he was just a gelding. It wasn't anything greatly spectacular except his amazing mane. Um, but with that, um, we bought Thurman and we started to really go into the ranch sorting and we had so much fun with it. We met new people like they have become our family and friends. Um, and so we just started doing that. And then in the mince mix of that, um, I ended up quitting doing Amway. I just decided, you know, enough's enough. Great people. I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and then we ended up going through year a, a year with 2022. If you thought 2020 was bad for everybody, um, just remember it could always be worse. Um, in 2022, uh, April 25th of 2022, my father was working. My father is, he actually just turned 79 a couple days ago. Um, so he was 77 the year before he had had a back fusion surgery. Um, still working, still going. He went to work one day up in Provo and a, um, sadly the kid is family. Um, but my dad worked for his brother and this was his brother's grandson. Um, I don't know what flipped in that kid's head. We knew he had some anger issues. Um, but the kid ended up attacking my dad, slammed him up against a three-foot railing that was up three foot from the ground. Um, and he ended up shoving my dad into that and almost killing him. Um, luckily, he did not kill him. But my dad ended up with nine broken ribs a broken vertebrae and, um, a lot of severe PTSD depression stuff. Um, so in the meantime of all this, I got hired on with the state of Utah, which is where I currently work. Um, but luckily I had an amazing boss and that's when I started my journey as far as being, becoming a, um, the primary caretaker of my father, because once he got hurt, um, we had to start the process of going through the court system to try to get this kid convicted of anything. Um, my dad's brother, he ended up um, firing my dad over the long course of it. Um, we were attending doctor's appointments. Um, we had weekly ones. There were times we would travel um, because our doctors are an hour and a half away. There were times that we would be into doctor's appointments twice a week, weekly. Um, when it finally got to every three weeks, I was like, hallelujah, we're getting somewhere. 
Um, and then we finally got that done. But I will say, if you ever have that happen and you do go through anything with the criminal court system, um, keep pushing. Don't let them get away with stuff because, um, and this is just my experience, um, we dealt originally with Provo City um, Police Department and that just in that court system. Um, they were going to charge the kid with a misdemeanor. We kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And luckily, the kid didn't show up to a court appointment. Um, so they took that from being just a misdemeanor to um, they sent that to Utah County. And sorry, we've got dirt bikers that ride by. Um, but Utah County actually ended up going through the case, and the way that it had been written um, with Provo City was they saw that my dad had one broken rib, and they were only going to charge the kid with a misdemeanor. Well, Utah County gets it. They screen the case. Um, we end up talking to the Utah County attorney, and I'm like, he asked my dad about his back. And I said, you do know that he broke nine ribs as well, right? Um... And the guy had no clue about that. So we had to go in. We had to refile all of the doctor's visits that we've been to. So finally Utah County gets it. And they were able to move that charge from a um, misdemeanor to a felony for abuse of an elder. Um, an elderly person. So if you ever have to deal with that keep pushing. Don't stop until you can get everything done. Um, we also had to fight workman's comp. And one thing they will tell you is workman's comp, or they won't tell you is workman's comp. They're not there to protect you. They are there to protect the employer. Um, so we spent, I want to say we spent six to eight months fighting with workers comp to try to get anything for my dad because at this point he's got all these medical bills that Medicaid won't pay because they're saying it's workers comp. Workers comp isn't saying that they're taking responsibility for it because um, my dad's brother never truly reported it correctly. Um, and then once we got to workers comp, they tried to say that it was a family family brawl that it wasn't, you know, had anything to do with workers comp. Um, but long story short, we were able to provide a text message from the person that attacked my dad, um, where he took ownership and was like, I'm sorry for what I did. It should never have happened. Um, so we ended up getting a settlement, but one thing with that whole, um, thing that happened was I watched my father, who has been always a very happy, vibrant, outgoing, hardworking man, um, become a very angry, um, depressed person. Because, you know, the brother that he's worked for for 33 years um, basically disowned him. His own son turned on him. The son came, stole his truck from here, even though they had let, told us they would give us time to get his tools off. Um... He's never talked to him. That family's never talked to him. Um, and they try to keep this kid very hush-hush as far as um, what he's done. Um, but if anybody wants to know anything about that whole journey, contact me. I will share any knowledge that I can as far as getting um, 
like, we finally got the kid prosecuted. We ended up doing a plea bargain, which that's all the, the courts are going to do. Like, they just want to plea bargain everything, in my opinion. Um, so we plea bargained it. The kid has broke his plea bargain. Utah County won't do anything with it. And I just got tired of fighting with it. It's not worth my time and energy to do it. Um, but we did get this, get settled with workers' compensation. Um, so we got to go through all of that, like trying to get him, we were able to get him help with as far as his mental health. He saw a therapist, um, everything like that. And what was really cool was we still had our ranch, um, ranch sorting community. Um, I'll tell you, it doesn't matter what state you're in. If you're into horses, go find the ranch sorting community near you. Um, they have truly become our family. Um, now I will say my personal experience, life according to LaDonna, um, barrel racing was amazing and there is a community, but it never truly felt like family because I have had, um, friends in the barrel horse world that were like, I will help you in everything in life, but I won't ever help you in barrel racing because you are competition. Um, ranch sorting, they are like, do you need a horse? There's my horse. Go get it. Um, and I am so grateful for that community um, because with everything that went down that year, um, in April of 2022, so I went through losing Katie and Iceman and kind of giving up and then Gordon introduced me to Thurman. Um, we ended up losing Thurman and he, we took him to a vet on Friday night and then he was still sick Saturday, so we ended up taking him to South Valley Equine. Um, and Dr. Sieverts ended up working on him. And this is the first horse I've ever had that we've had insured. And he said, this horse needs to go to surgery. And I was like, well, I have insurance. I don't know. So he um, immediately took him into surgery, and he had a 360 twist. So um, it was made right then and there, the decision to put him down. And, um, I will say, like, get those people in your life that can push you. They're going to piss you off and you're going to hate their guts for a few minutes. Um, but one thing about that, um, was my sister was dating, um, Gordon's son, Chaz, at that time. So he kind of knew what was going on. They cooked us dinner and we went and ate at their house, um, because South Valley is two hours away from us. And one thing about Gordon was he was like, okay, I know you just lost your horse, but let's go to Tabby tomorrow. I've got two that you can use. Let's go. Let's go get you a horse. And um, my dad kind of told him, like, you have to let her process this, like, you know. And at that point, like, I was already kind of thinking, I don't want to go through this again, you know. And... um. Gordon told my dad one thing that has stuck with me and I will be forever grateful for was Gordon kind of looked at me that day and he said, you can't let death into your home. You have to leave it at the stables. And I was so mad at him because I was like, I want to sulk in this. I want to own. I want to just cry. Like, don't push me to get another horse. Um, But the minute Gordon said that, I realized that um, well, I'm grateful for the years between Katie getting hurt and not really being involved to losing Katie and not wanting to completely be involved, um, with horses. 
I do just have to say I realized how much of the passion that I had um, was lost in those years of just not wanting to push forward. Um, so luckily at that time, um, Gordon, it really lit that spark inside of me. I pulled George out again, um, again, not rode in multiple years and I, um, pulled George out, competed on him in riding club. And, um, luckily for me, uh, Chaz had a phenomenal little mare named Pip and he was trying to sell her. And at that time I was working through with insurance and stuff. And, uh, we were at state in September of 2022. And my little nephew made a comment about how, um, how small Pip was. Cause she's tiny. Like <laughs> you ever see her in person? She's little. Um, and he said, you know, Pip's so small. And Chaz was like, well, that's probably why I will never sell her. Um, and for whatever reason that day, I just decided, he said he'll never sell, like he would never sell Pip because she's so small. And I told him right then and there that I would buy her. And luckily that day he was like, really? And I said, yeah, I'll buy her. And so with the help of... Cash and Chaz and Gordon Van Tassel and my amazing family, I bought Pip. We were able to com still compete um, in ranch sorting with really good horses because up to that point too, Gordon sold me the mare that my mom currently rides named Summit. Um, and then that's the type of community that the ranch sorting world that we have is. Um, if you need a horse, They'll help you find it. If your horse goes lame at a show, we're going to give you a horse, whether that's ours or, you know, somebody else. They're going to offer you a horse. Um, but with all that being said, um, that kind of brings us to where we are currently. Um, December of 2022, Chaz um, proposed to my sister. And so he has now um, become a big part of our family. 2023 was a year of us getting back together as far as me and Pip. We didn't do really good. We started out our two first sorting years being spectacular. Um, and then in, I guess that would be our first couple of years, yeah. But 2023 came around. It was just a year of really getting back together, getting life back on the straight and narrow because at that time we had finally gotten my dad's case settled. We'd got workers' comp settled. Um, all of our health was doing good. Our horses were doing good. Um, so last year was just a year of really just going and growing and let's keep going. Let's see what we can do from here on out. Um, and then in June of 2023, Sean Whalen opened up his Lion's Den coaching group. Um, and I became part of that. Um, if you have any questions about it, Google Lion's Den and I'm sure it's going to come up. But um, I joined the den. He has become one of my coaches, and he is kind of one of the driving forces behind me pushing myself out as far as starting this podcast. Um, so that is kind of where everything that has happened in my life has brought me to today. My sister and Chaz are currently married. They got married last October at a very beautiful wedding. Um, she's got her little boy from her previous marriage. He has a little girl from his previous marriage. And they are just the cutest family. 
Um, my dad is doing a lot better. Um, he's slowly getting there. Um, he's kind of become a homebody, but, um, we still work on that kind of daily, just trying to keep him going. And then, um, with all that, it allowed me a huge season of growth and I'm now able to finally sit back and be like, okay, <laughs> anything else that comes at us, we can probably handle this. Um, so that's where we're at. Um, this, we've already started our sorting season. Um, I've got a new horse named Letty. She is phenomenal. She's just a young filly, but, um, she's already done really well in the pleasure classes. Um, the barrels, the poles, I'm not sure where she's going to fit in to our program. Um, she actually had an amazing little girl ride her that, um, there's a chance that Letty may get sold. Um, but I don't know that for sure yet, but, um, I've also learned in this whole course of life that, um, with our horses, sometimes we are just the stopping point. Um, you get those ones that you feel are special, but they're not meant to stay with you forever. You're meant to, um, be a stopping point on that journey. And then you're meant to help them find their new owners. Um, and I had a full like that, had the mare for five years, finally got a baby out of her, never clicked with the horse. Um, met an old friend and they ended up buying this colt and they absolutely love him. The little girl is doing amazing things with him. Um, and so as of, we actually did our second show yesterday. Um, I haven't done real great in sorting this year. Um, but we've transitioned my mom to my good sorting horse, Pip. I'm probably going to take over her horse. And then we've also got Letty going on, um, but it's looking like a really good year this year. So um, that's kind of the first podcast about me. Hopefully it gives you some, um, it gives you approval to realize that no matter what you go through, you can keep going. So um, I know it's kind of been all over the place. My life has truly been a, a wild ride. Um I've dabbled in a little bit of everything, but at the same time, um, everything that I've gone through has brought me to today. And, um, I can't wait to share more stories and things that happen and maybe go into a little bit deeper depth as far as things that have happened. Um, just to help anybody out there that may be going through something, um, just to kind of, you know, we all go through stuff and that's the thing. Always be positive because you don't know what somebody's go through, going through. I can have the biggest smile on my face, and I did have big smiles on my face when I was going through some of the deepest shit that I've ever been through in my life. Um, so I just wanted to say that is about me, and um, welcome to the podcast. That is kind of an episode of what you might get um, in the future. I also hope to have some really special guests come on with me sometimes. Um, but for right now, my words of wisdom to you for the day are just go out, shine your lights, um, and keep going. You know, you're going to have good stuff, bad stuff happen to you, but, um, just all I can say is keep going. Like, I believe in you. I see you. You're loved. You're seen. You're known. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. If it helped you or it can help someone you know, go ahead and like, click and share. Um, add comments. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask me, feel free to reach out and ask me to those. 
but um, cannot wait to get on the new, uh, the next episode with you guys. So love you guys. Have a good day.